0: Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to The Undercut's review of the 2022 Australian Grand Prix. We hope you enjoy the show. Alright Nick, so free practice really wasn't all that interesting this week, although we touched on it briefly during during the interview, um, but... Seb had the little scooter incident, which was one of the most exciting things. Expensive. <laughs> the most expensive, but but worth, worth it. And then Aston Martin crashed out of FP3. And that was really all that was, was different from what we'd seen in the first two weekends. Yeah, it was
1: Aston Martin having a real difficult time of it. I mean, not just in practice, but in the race as well. They can't seem to keep it on the road and nothing seems to be going right for them right now and they're the only team left after this weekend that don't have a point uh we'll get into that later but it's not uh, not a great start to the season for them
0: yeah but at least they got at least they got said
1: back you know they did they did i mean hulkenberg did a decent you know decent job standing in but still he's never finished on a podium and vettel's got four world championships so it's uh it's good to get a big guy back in the in the seat right
0: yeah absolutely although it looks like hulkenberg is going to be uh pushing to try and get a drive next year but we don't have to worry about that right now so we get into qualifying and in q1 we get what we would expect uh from the first two weeks is lance Strahl and nicholas latifi crashing into each other on <laughs> q1 i mean who that we should expect yeah. that by now
1: Yeah, definitely, because they're the two most accident prone. Latifi in particular, I don't think he's had a clean weekend in, well, I can't even remember when. Um, It was a weird incident. I don't know whether it was, you know, he was letting cars by Latifi um, or whether he thought someone was on a lap and they weren't. And then when Stroll went past and he realized he wasn't on a lap, wanted to get back in front. And then I don't know what Stroll was doing, but he just, yeah. It was it was crazy scenes there. Yeah, that's
0: what I saw that's what I saw too. It looked like Latifi was letting him go through cuz he looked like he was on a flyer, but then he wasn't on a flyer, so he tried to tried to get up to speed and stroll turned into him and he got penalized for it. So we we get into uh into Q3. Alonso crashes without putting in a lap. He gets all the way up into Q3 and then is not able to get a lap in. And but what a lap! It, it was I mean, looking good. It was looking good. It was
1: the f- through the first two splits, he was faster than Leclerc's pole lap. You've got to string a full lap together, but it was it just really goes to show that Alpine had a car under them this weekend, and nothing seemed to go right for them. But also a shame for Carlos Sainz because Sainz was on his lap when that went down, and so he got caught out. He hadn't got a lap at that point, yeah. and then it just he just was not able to set a. A competitive lap at the end and ended up down in ninth
0: it was looking like a flyer that lap he was on it was like right before he crossed the line is when they they set the red flag he really got unlucky he was
1: literally through the last pretty much through the last corner when when the timing screen stopped for everybody yep um yeah real shame
0: it, it definitely was but charles took pole again and the mclaren surprisingly looked really good all weekend Um, ended up Lando qualifying in P4 and Danny qualifying in P7 in his home race. I mean, I did not see that coming. I don't know about you. Yeah, I mean, certainly
1: for, for Danny Rick, it was probably one of his highest starting positions in a race. He's never really done too well in Australia. So it was good to see both the McLarens actually setting competitive times. They came with a car that was pretty quick this weekend. They could be. They should be happy with that.
0: Yeah, I think so. They looked really, uh, really set up for the race, and then another team that surprisingly did well. Of course, coming into the season, we thought they'd be decent, but Lewis was able to put it onto P five, and George was able to put it onto P six, which is great. The Mercedes engines maybe are looking a little bit better. Yeah, I, I,
1: again, it's whether you know Alonso had put that lap together, Sainz had put that lap together, they'd have been a little bit further down the pack. But still, you've got to get around the lap. You've got to set that time to get on the grid. And they're doing it. They're When other people are making mistakes, they're not, which is very Mercedes of them, very German, right? It's just to get the job done. And they're doing it. So good on them.
0: Coming into the race, we had the start, and it was a pretty, pretty crazy start. Charles was able to hold on to P1. Lewis moved up two spots into third place, and George moved up. Into fifth place, just one spot, and Lando was able to move up two into six. It was crazy, people dropping up, going back. It was surprising that there was no crash on that first lap, but it was really exciting to, to start the race.
1: Yeah, they do a good job of not crashing into each other. When you look at some of the lower formula, and even when you think back into, in history a little bit, you'd always get first corner incidents, first lap incidents, but they're, they're really, really clean racing at the moment. Uh, I think that the big loser to an extent on the start was Checo. He had a better start than Max, but the way that Max moved across meant that Checo had to come out of it before he got to the corner and that allowed Lewis to to leapfrog him and, and get ahead. It was just a shame that it was Max that essentially took him out of the charge into the – he'd have maybe made up a place if Max hadn't moved up in
0: front. It, it didn't take long for there to be a safety car in this race. Right right in lap two, right at the beginning, Carlos was going way too fast trying to get past – I think it was Schumacher at the time – and uh, just lost control of the car, got stuck in the gravel. And he didn't crash, but he wasn't able to get out of the gravel, and that caused a virtual safety car on lap two of the race. You know, not only starting
1: down in ninth, but then getting a miserable start that put him back into the competing with the likes of Mick Schumacher. No disrespect to Mick. Carlos found himself back there, you know, scrabbling to get the field in the early laps. And yeah, just going to make a move on the outside round at 9, 10, the new reprofiled section. Yeah, he ran out of road a little bit. Uh, cold tires, whatever it was. He, he got it on the grass on the outside and then just kind of lost control on the grass and spun around and it, it it looked kind of a little bit amateurish but it was the end to his race and yeah he he came to ground on the beach right in front of a massive grandstand and then had to you know had to get out of the car and get on a moped and, and head back to the pits
0: so it took about five laps for them to get carlos's car off, out of the way, just in case of another accident, and immediately, Checo is putting pressure on Lewis right away. They come back, lap seven, lap nine, lap ten. He's right, right on the back of them, but Charles and and Max are way in the front.
1: Yeah, and I think that the track reprofiling around there, well, basically the track reprofiling did make for slightly better racing. It did make obviously there's the design regs as well, which contributed to it as you know too. But where. Checo passed Lewis. That was somewhere that would never have been possible in the prior, you know, the prior track layout. Right. To go out around the outside of, of nine is, is kind of cool that he did that. And he did that without DRS too. Uh, it really showed how much straight line advantage the Red Bulls with their Honda engine or the Red Bull Racing powertrains, whatever engine has over the Mercedes at the moment.
0: Five laps after they, they came back in, Leclerc is showing how how good he is he's already four seconds up on max after that restart i mean he he was just pulling away yeah he just
1: pulled out the gap and then he just managed that gap i think that that max kind of knew it and he was trying to do stuff he just couldn't make a dent in the lead that leclerc had
0: At this point in the race, we get maybe ten laps further down the road, and then it's Lewis and Checo battling again. But Lewis coming up on Checo, and then unfortunately Vettel crashes out of the race, and then there's another safety car, and he has to back out. and He's not able to push.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. He was in with a real chance, and he was really, he really was pushing, right behind him, and he was going to make that move. But yeah. then the VSC came on. Right, the VSC came on first, and so he had to it back was full
0: out. Sa- full safety car.
1: But yeah, it was that. that If if Vettel had crashed like ten seconds later, who knows? uh, It could have been ahead. I still think that Checo would have probably got by him again. But it shook things up, and you know because it was all right off the back of Checo had pitted, and then Lewis had had pitted, pitted, and then it happened, and it was George had not pitted. George had not pitted at this point in time, but it was that because Checo had pitted first. And Lewis had got him on the overcut, right? (laughs) Not the undercut, (laughs) on the overcut. And actually closed up a a lot of time on him, which put him into striking distance. And he was was trying to make it stick, and obviously that didn't. But that safety car came out at the absolute perfect time for George Russell. And so whereas Checo and Lewis had both uh, had to pit under racing conditions, which costs sort of 19, 20 seconds at, at Albert Park George could pit under the safety car condition which costs sort of 11 or 12 seconds so he really really lucked out and I think in the end he obviously knew that he would really looked you know but a podium is a podium nonetheless so a proper podium and not the uh the second place behind the safety car that he had in the Williams at Spa last year this was this was yeah. third on the road, legitimately third on the road, all bit with a bit of luck. Um, but it's you know it's moved George up to second in the championship, which is you know kind of odd because yeah. he's
0: only finished fifth, body. yeah,
1: fifth, fourth, and third or something he's had, which um, is
0: decent. I mean, this oh, is like Alan Prost, Alan Prost style right here.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's consistency. You know, yeah, it, it's uh, just being there. You got to be there to pick up the pieces when other people drop. You know, George has done well. I mean, I think yeah. we were, I think we were saying on on the call with with Nick the other day. It's like George is he disappointing? And it's like, yeah, kind of, but no, he's kind of solid, but he's unspectacularly in second place in the championship right now.
0: And in and, a season like this, where everything is so new, just staying on the track is is a is hard to do. And he's able to do it and be consistent and put in some good laps.
1: Absolutely, yeah.
0: What I thought was was really funny was after all that had happened and you heard Lewis on, on the headset with the guys and he's like, so where am I? Did I lose position? He's like, I, I get really unlucky with safety cars is is what he said, maybe hinting at, at Abu Dhabi last year.
1: Yeah, and, 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 and also two weeks ago, right? Could have pitted. He, he should have pitted, but he was just too close to the pit lane and Danny Rick and Fernando, I think – yeah yeah they they both gave up on the same lap and they were both parked in the pit lane and he just couldn't get in so yeah he's not had a whole lot of luck with safety cars this season so far or at yeah. the end of last
0: yeah it's been tough for him. So we we get to the end of of this safety car, and we get a restart. It's around four laps later. Restart lap twenty seven, and Charles goes a little bit wide on that last turn going into the straight, and so we get another battle with Max and Max and Charles going at it down the straight, going into turn one. What were you thinking at that point?
1: Yeah, it was you know maybe he hadn't quite warmed his tires up enough to get the right traction out of the last, but you saw him, he was running wide. He had to come out of the gas otherwise and stuffed it in the wall. And that really put him in the clutches of Max Verstappen. And I thought there was a chance of him getting past. And I was like, man, if if Max gets past, is he going to disappear into the distance like he kind of did last time out? Just be able to be outside of Charles's reach for the rest of the race. But he didn't quite get it done. And, um, and obviously... Charles stayed ahead and, and that was that yeah. interesting thing from that restart or something that I learned that maybe I should do, do more research now that I'm a you know respected podcaster and <laughs> supposed to know this kind of stuff is the Verstappen rule. I've never heard of the Verstappen rule. so it was you're not allowed to crowd out the the leader anymore. Ah oh, yes,
0: right you can't be like right you up can't next be right, right you, up have, to be so you have to be behind you have
1: to be behind. And so on the broadcast, Martin Brundle, they they were talking about the Verstappen rule. And because I was looking at what's Verstappen doing? He's not, you know, he's, he's not crowding out Leclerc. It's like the, the meme that was out last week or whatever, you know, it's like a long line of urinals in the bathroom and this one guy (laughs) at the end. And then Max Verstappen kind of comes in. He's like standing right next to him and all the rest of the urinals are open. Um, But yeah it was i i hadn't heard that that had been implemented or if it's, it
0: makes sense it does make sense because
1: you know especially on a restart you want to get heat into your tires if you're the leader and this guy's right up against the side of you he's you know he's essentially pushing you to the to the side of the yeah. track you can't weave across the track to get heat into your tires at that point right so granted he's not going to be weaving either but it does put you at a in a, in a position where you can't prepare yourself for the restart. And I think that that, having introduced that new, that new rule, um, a will calm Max down, but then just, it, it is a, a much more equitable way to start the race again. It was a good restart. Verstappen had his chance to get past. He didn't make it stick. And Leclerc, as he had earlier in the race, just kind of walked off a little bit into the distance and uh, left everybody else trying to play catch up.
0: Yeah, he really did. But there were a couple of little battles. It's not really what we've been used to in the in the first two weeks um, with people really going back and forth. It was a little bit more similar to last year where there was not as much overtaking. And it was a lot more kind of train racing. Of course, they were closer than they were last year. And there were more opportunities, but it just was not not nearly as exciting, at least it felt for me. But Perez seemed to be all over the place battling. I mean, a couple laps after the safety car, he was battling with Alonzo trying to get back up behind George. Um, Kevin Magnuson had a nice little battle with, uh, with Lando, where he got stuck in between the uh, the two McLarens, um, there was definitely a little bit more in the uh, in the midfield that we got to see because the the front was so spaced out. It, despite the upgrades and the modifications
1: to the track, Albert Park never really produced spectacular wheel to wheel racing. Just because it's tight and it's you know it, it's it's not easy to get in position behind the car in front to be able to make a pass, albeit you can get much closer now and you do, there were more passes on the road for position than there have been. Certainly as long as I can remember, you know, in the past, it was like maybe there was one or two passes for position in the whole race. It's an improvement.
0: So we, we get to lap 35 and like you were talking about before, Perez is, is pushing on George and George does some, some pretty good defense, but in the end, the Red Bull is too fast. And they're able to get past George and up into third place at this time. Yeah, third yeah. place because Max is still Max is same. still there. So then, and then four laps after that, Max pulls over to the side of the road. He's done for the race. Two DNFs in the first three races. What were you thinking at that point?
1: Well, firstly, that's two DNFs from second position. So that's thirty six points. That's true. Down yeah. the toilet. Yeah. I from what I hear, it was a fuel issue again, but more a leak on this this time i think
0: but again it was on fire yeah
1: it's it was on fire right so there's something combustible there um but again you know if it's the fuel system that's two dns from second place in the first three races he's down in what fifth in the championship uh with 25 points behind
0: lewis by three points yep And just like last year,
1: (laughs) (laughs) but the (laughs) difference is that Charles is another 33 points up the road or whatever, right? He's uh, you know, it's a large lead. You know, you look at Ferrari last season, they weren't really there, and so they put all their eggs in this basket for, for the 2022 season. You had Mercedes and Red Bull, who were obviously battling very, very hard, and then you get to a point where it's like, well. How experimental have Red Bull gone to try and close up that gap and at, the, at the expense of reliability? Mercedes, on the other hand, behind, but really on the term, in terms of performance, but their reliability so far seems to be pretty sound. And I think that that's a lot to do with the Mercedes way. They don't like to... And maybe it's just because they've been so dominant that they haven't really got too much of a risk-taking culture in terms of when they bring in new parts to the car developments and the like they like to be you know make sure that they're fully robust and reliable before they before they stick them on the car uh, whereas red bull given that they've always been playing catch up to mercedes over the last few years they've had to constantly try and push the envelope and do something that's a little bit more risky and they've actually got a car this year that they really didn't need to take those level of risks because they actually have the performance in the car right now. And, you know, they're fast, but fragile. And, you you know, there's three points between Max and Lewis, but that's because Max has, you know, pulled out of two races from competitive positions.
0: So Max is out of the race and that puts George, even though he got past, he's back into podium position. Um, and the one surprising thing at this point is Albon is the only one that has not pitted at this point, And he's in seventh place in the Williams. Yep. I was shocked. I could not believe
1: Dude, it. I, I, I've seen a couple of video clips since. And Alex Albon is like, we were in the strategy meeting and we were starting in 20th and we were running the models. They were looking at best performance of 18th or 19th. And, and you look at the, the lap times towards the end and he was keeping up with the McLarens and the Mercedes with the hard tire that was 50 something laps old, <laughs> which is like, all right, well, I don't know how you factor those into your strategy calculations. Maybe you start on 30 lap old tires for the next race. I don't know. I mean, that is the kind of result, picking up that final point or pitting on the penultimate lap, which is a little bit weird. But yeah, that, that C2 tire, that, that hard tire just seems to work really, really well for them. And so they should just, whatever strategy they're going to run in a race, they just make sure that they maximize the time on that compound attire because it's clearly working. One thing one thing I did see was that he pitted on the penultimate lap and he was quite a little bit behind. VIPs were in the pit lane. <laughs> they'd, uh, they, they'd started letting like the, well, I say VIPs, the people that paid the most money to be like on their F1 experiences thing or, right. or, the, or the, the big sponsors, they typically let them into the pit lane on the last lap so that they can be in a in position when the cars come into the pit lane at the end of the race and they can see so i saw a still (laughs) on twitter of the view from albon's car looking forward as he's exiting the pit lane and there are people on the right hand side (laughs) and there's one guy from like an official or whatever keeping them over to one side to let him out the pits which is absolutely mental and I'm sure that uh, the race director will will have something to say about that and maybe change some of the protocols around around the end of the race. Um, That's because so well, I, I don't think I mean obviously there's always the um, the opportunity to come and pit on the you know at the start of the last lap, but I can't yeah. think of a time when anyone's ever really done it. I think Michael Schumacher maybe did it once, but you know they that was the strategy that they chose and it worked really really well for them. I was trying to do the math in my head. Sometimes on the on the scoring down the left side, they just show the gap to the cars in front or the cars behind, and so you're trying to do the math of figuring out where he's going to come out. I actually thought he was going to come out in twelfth.
0: I think that's what Martin Brundle
1: said yeah, too. and so I don't quite know what happened. That I was shocked. And when he came out, he was still in tenth. I was like, "How is he still in 10th? And he was like, "Still a couple of seconds up on the on the car behind, albeit on fresher tires." And so that was, you know, the, he was never going to really get challenged for that that last spot on the last lap but what a great strategy you know throwing out the convention book and just going for something different was it'll be interesting to see if anyone tries to follow that same strategy at other races in the future obviously it's very tire dependent very circuit dependent but uh good on albon um they have a point aston martin don't have any points so they're not bottom of the field so they should feel happy about that aston martin on the other hand it's not going well for them i know we talked about them earlier on but when aston martin were force india spiker midland jordan racing point you know as we as we talked about in maybe our season preview they always punched well above their weight you know they always got more out of the car for the budget than anyone else was able to do and yeah. now they've got a big budget and i don't know it's gone backwards
0: and Stroll was even in a points position and was weaving too much and got a five-second penalty and lost his yeah. points.
1: Yeah. And then there was another incident. Was that with Bottas? Uh, like, a lap or two later?
0: <laughs> oh, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, he, like, pushed, pushed him off, off the, off the track. track and they said that yeah, was so it's fine. all right to push him off the track, but
1: it sh- that should have been another five seconds for me. It was weird that they said... it it, it almost felt like they said you know if we just punished him it's enough but it shouldn't be it should be consistent and i know they're pushing for as much consistency as possible but that was not a very consistent application of the rules on that
0: one so a few laps later lewis gets on the radio again he was very vocal today and was saying how he was put in a difficult position because of What happened with the safety car? It was a little strange, and all the commentators kind of said it was a little strange too. I'm wondering what you thought about it.
1: Lewis wears his emotions on his sleeve, and he, you know, he was perhaps reading in more to the situation, not being in full possession of, you know, the full picture. When you know, he's at the end of the day, he's racing around that circuit as fast as he can go, and he's reacting to to that situation. It was just one, just another one of those.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was unfortunate. And that was really, you know, pretty close to the end. And, and, you know, we, we talked about it, Albon pitting in the last second to last lap and then being able to finish in 10th place. And Charles finished way ahead of everybody. And we had Checo in second and George in third with his first real, real podium finish. And, uh, that was Australia really.
1: Yeah. And you know, you look, and now you've got Max Verstappen, Charles Leclerc, George Russell, Lando Norris, in you know, young guys. I think they're they're all 24 years old, right? These these are guys mm-hmm. who are in the top four teams. They're locked into multi year deals, I think, at this point, um, for the most part. So in particular, you know, Checo's probably not got that much time left. He's still got some good years in him, but um, you know. Maybe not he may there. he may not be around for like the long term. Lewis obviously he's only got maybe a couple of years left, but there's still you know the next generation coming through into the into the best cars. The future's bright. I mean, it's going to be interesting how many of them get to a point where they like they decide they're going to hang it up, like six, seven, eight years from now, or if they're just going to keep going until they're thirty or forty, like uh, like Kimi and Fernando
0: pretty crazy so mclaren ended up in a really good spot p5 p6 never saw that coming into the race i can tell you no that.
1: and I, th- I think i saw them interviewing uh lando on the grid before and he said yeah we, we're up here on fourth and it was great lap but he didn't see himself staying there obviously he got shuffled down a spot or two but um where did they finish fifth and sixth with it Fifth and sixth, yeah, Fifth so sixth. only one spot down, which is good. I, you know, I think that they've found the performance in their car that they can, because certainly compared to last time out, they've taken a yeah. big leap. The timing of the rule changes and the and the the different design requirements of the car came at a really bad time for them because they were finally back at the front after so many years dating back to what basically the the whole turbo hybrid era up until last year. They were massively underperforming and they finally got to the front and they, you know, finishing 13th in the last race When whenever it was that Bahrain they finished 13th rather. That must have been a real kick in the gut. Yeah, finishing up there fifth and sixth, they've, they've got to be happy with that. I think that Mercedes also, they said that they thought they had the fifth quickest car this weekend. You know, if they'd have considered themselves behind McLaren, Alpine, Red Bull and Ferrari to be on the podium, great result for them.
0: Alonso had a really tough day like we like we talked about but Ocon has been has been strong and we talked about it a little bit with Nick and about maybe Ocon being being that first driver now and he's finished 7th or better in the first 3 races of the year and Alonso has finished out of the points in 2 out of the 3 races
1: yeah i think Alonso fell victim to the safety car again you know bad timing just being on the wrong tire or the wrong point in the circuit at at, at a particular point in time, which is a real shame. Yeah. Ocon is a good driver and he, you know, he's getting his car in the right position. So, um, but yeah, it's still, I think that, you know, I, the Alpine is an enigma. It's, you know, it seems like in the right hands, it goes really, really quickly. Ocon doesn't seem to be able to extract the maximum out of the car certainly in qualifying trim, but he keeps it on the track and he plays the sensible game during the race and sees sees it through to get some solid points.
0: Um, another team that kind of surprised me, you know, they didn't get that many points, but they uh, they did really well this weekend overall, I think, is Alfa Romeo. Botas, like we said earlier, it was his first time in 104 races that he didn't get into Q3, um, but he was able to get into a points position in P8 and Joe started pretty low. He had a pretty tough qualifying. I think he was in like P15 yep. or P14. And he was able to get it into, into P11 by the end of the race. I, I, they, they look pretty strong. And, you know, Joe is really
1: surprising. Yeah, guy. he's doing a solid job uh, for for the only rookie in the field. You know, he's not looking out of his depth, you know, while not necessarily spectacular. And I guess also if you, you know, you look at Bottas and what he's doing in the car, you, you, you're starting to realize that, yeah, he, he is actually a really good driver. He was just up against Lewis Hamilton. You know, clearly he's not as good a driver as Lewis Hamilton. And I think he's even said so himself. But he's not far off. So you look at what he's doing in the car. Joe is keeping up. Bottas has got a ton more experience than him. So, you know, when it, whenever you see a, a driver come through that is from China or Russia, and obviously there's a, there's a lot of money that comes with that because of the, you know, through the sponsorship or, well, we'll not, we've talked enough about uh, the Russian connection, but you look at at Joe and you think, oh, well, is he there just because of the Chinese money behind him? Yeah, maybe, but he's he's not, you know, you can't argue that he doesn't have the seat on merit based on what he's doing in the car right now.
0: Um, and then the last, the last thing that I think is of note that we should probably mention is, for the first time since Kevin Magnuson has come to Haas, Mick placed higher than him in a race. you got to give Nick and credit. He said that K-Mag was the one that was going to underperform this week. He did, he, he did. did.
1: Yeah, it was a good call-out. And But I think, you know, and, and we did obviously talk about Mick and, and the need for him to step up this year now that he's got a legit, a proper racing car driver next to him. He upped his game this week. Uh, I still th- it's still a little strange of how the past didn't perform as well this weekend but I think it also shows that in all trims Schumacher can get things out of the car but I'll be interested to see what the Haas does next time out in Imola
0: the races are are going back to Europe. Everybody's a little bit closer to their factories. It should be easier for them to get these upgrades to their to their cars. It's going to be a really great next race, is is my guess. We're going to Italy, Imola. Um, it's going to be Ferrari at home, kind of AlfaTari at home. Do you have any expectations? Last time, Max dominated. He kind of pushed Lewis, and he damaged his floor on the first lap um and and max won by like 20 seconds or something do you have any expectations going Not into really. this race Not really
1: i don't know it's the one thing that re, that stands out from imola last year or maybe that was the year before was russell crashing into bottas uh where bottas kind of moved was yeah
0: that was um, last year other than that, that was last I year don't yeah. know.
1: I, obviously there's a lot of history to imola with right. you know from 1994 with with senna's accident there but I always find Imola to be somewhat of an underwhelming circuit. I know it's one of the older ones, but it fell off the calendar for a reason, in my opinion. It's it's funny, you telling me about the Max and Lewis thing and the damage to the floor. I can't remember that. The only thing I can really remember from when we've had this Emilia Romagna Grand Prix in, in Imola, I can't really remember anything that's happened. So
0: <laughs> it's been crashes. That's yeah, all I remember yeah. is crashes.
1: Um, ho- I'm hopeful that the cars being able to follow much more closely now will lead to better racing. That's all I can say. Um, And we'll see what happens.
0: Bold prediction. I think Mercedes is going to do even better this time. I think they're going to get some crazy upgrade that we've been waiting for for a month. And I think they're going to be pushing towards the front. Maybe Russell. Yeah. And there's
1: not really a really super long straight. I mean, from the start finish. Yes, you do have quite a bit of straight and there's that kink left going down into down towards, well, the new Tamburello area, uh, maybe porpoising won't be as big of an issue because they're not going to be getting to the high loads with the downforce pushing them down and and getting that uh, bouncing. I don't know, maybe that's going to be the case, but if that is the case and they have to make fewer compromises on their setup to account for that, maybe, yeah, maybe they're
0: at the sharp end again. Well, I screwed up in I hoops again this week. I didn't check it. Nick, you're 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 okay. solidly in front okay. you're solidly in front and I moved down another spot in the in the pine sports and I'm down in the 30s I think in the in the whole of coops but yeah uh, that's
1: coops f1 for for the our listeners who are not familiar coops F1 run by our esteemed colleague our absent colleague this week Martin Cooper he's sunning himself in Antigua wasn't actually able to watch the race because I, I guess they don't watch it down I there. I guess they I don't mean, watch it. We not have any... <laughs> We thought reading it on BBC was not sufficient qualifications to come on the podcast with our, you know, his learned colleagues. But we'll welcome him back next uh, next time around. But yeah, yeah. we're
0: we'll happy to have him back and tell us how badly I screwed up in Coops and how much Nick yeah, has but moved ahead of me F1.
1: in the uh, Register your team. It's you, you take your pick. There's there's no budget. This you know it's very simple. Just whoever you think is going to finish in the top 10. Plug for, for Coops F1. Coops isn't here to do it himself, so we'll do it for him.
0: And also on pine-sports.com, there were multiple people on there talking about the race live. 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. We were having fun. So if you guys are looking to you know talk with a bunch of other sports fans, gambling fans, we're all on there talking all the time. P-I-N-E-sports.com. It's a lot of fun. Thanks for listening to The Undercut with Jason, Martin, and Nick. Please rate and review and let us know what you think. And follow us on Twitter at TheUndercut2. And we'll see you next time.